And you may be seated. Want to welcome the visitors today who are here. Want to welcome those who are watching online right now. Around the world, we have about seven people, last time I checked, watching us from somewhere around the world. So thank God for that. Amen? If you have your Bibles, open them up to Micah chapter 7. You're like, Micah? Yeah, Micah! There might be a little dust on those pages for you, but you know what? Let's, let's dust it off this morning. A few verses I want to look at. Micah chapter 7 and verses 5 through 8. And it says this, Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion. Real uplifting stuff, huh, folks? Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your bosom. For son dishonors father. Daughter rises against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That don't surprise me now. A man's enemies uh, are the men of his own household. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that ending there. You know, the prophet Micah here was lamenting. He was grieving about the corruption that was taking place in society back in his day. He was discouraged at the evil that was surrounding him. He was discouraged about all these attacks of the enemy that were coming against him. Now listen, he could have stayed down. He could have stayed discouraged. But he knew who was on his side. He understood this truth. That him plus God is a majority. Him plus God is a majority in any situation that you're ever going to encounter on this earth. And by the way, I want to point something out. The faith that Micah had was manifested in words. Let's look at verse seven, verses 7 and 8 one more time. It says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now look at verse 8 here. It says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. You notice there, he's speaking directly to the enemy. How many of you know there's sometimes, there's a time to pray to the Lord, and then there's just a time to exercise your authority against Satan and evil spirits? Some of you need to start doing that. Some of you are begging God, but God's saying, I've given you the authority through my son Jesus, now you have to exercise that authority. He was talking right to the enemy. Now, there are many in this place, many listening to the radio broadcast right now and on the internet that are going through major trials in their life. Not small ones, major trials. Some have even considered taking their own life. I'm talking about major trials that are going on. So today I've entitled this message, I shall arise. I shall arise. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, when you are sitting in darkness, the scripture said, it said the Lord will be light unto you. 
When you fall, you shall arise. When sickness and disease attacks your body, you shall arise. When you're being persecuted for the name, for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall arise. When you mess up in sin and you confess and forsake the sin, you shall arise and shine. The fact of the matter is this. The word defeat should not be in a Christian's vocabulary. It's not even an option. Or shouldn't be. If defeat is in your vocabulary as a Christian, listen to me. You're trying to work things out in your own strength and own wisdom. It's getting kind of quiet on that one. If defeat is in your vocabulary right now as a Christian... If that white flag of surrender is up in the air, then that means you've been trying to work things out in your own wisdom and in your own strength. For the believer, there should never be a defeat. There are only temporary setbacks. And it don't matter. Hey, it don't, super Christian or not, listen to me. The Apostle Paul said in his own words in the Bible, He said that he tried to go to a certain location and it said Satan hindered him. That's the Apostle Paul. Now, you know, if if the Apostle Paul had issues uh, with the enemy, how many of you know you're going to and I'm going to? And as a Christian, we are not on our own. Christ lives in us through the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? His power, His peace, His strength, His wisdom comes with the package of salvation. Amen? Someone needs to hear this today. The only way for the devil and circumstances to triumph over us as a Christian is to stay down and to give up and do nothing. Are you hearing me? If you will just keep moving forward if you will just stay plugged into the vine the lord jesus christ he will carry you are you hearing me joseph suffered many trials and hardships in his life how many of you know it would have been easy to give up if you were joseph say god you know what god i've been trying to serve you i've been staying close to you and i get thrown in the clink Thrown in the slammer. Falsely accused. How many of you know he stayed close to the Lord and you know what, where it got him? Don't let go. Say that with me. Don't let go. Say this with me. I will not let go. Because my God is faithful. David took some hard falls in his life. But he arose and he ran back to God. Peter denied Jesus three times. Can you imagine the shame of that? Denying the Son of God three times and feeling responsible and apart for his death. Thank God he went to the cross. But can you imagine how Peter felt? Three times. Not one, not twice, but three times. But guess what? Peter got back up 
And he was used mightily by the Lord. Paul, I mentioned him, but he was buffeted by the enemy. But he kept getting back up again. Why? Because he lived his life with purpose. And listen to me. It's the moment you lose sight of your purpose on this earth as a Christian. That's when the white flag of surrender goes up. See, that's the whole, that's, that's really what depression does to a person. They lose sight of their purpose on this earth and they just give up. And it's a lie from the pits of hell. But Paul finished his course. He crossed the finish line of faith. Job, Job had major attacks from Satan, did he not? Job's wife even told him to curse God. Said, what good is your God? First of all, those weren't from God anyways, that was from the devil, read the scripture. But listen to me, his wife told him to curse God. And Job said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay connected to my God because he is faithful. And actually, in the end, he got double of what he lost. Double than what he had before. A lot of people lose sight of that. They, they, They focus on all the negative stuff. But he did come out double blessed. Are you hearing me? How many in here need a double blessing? How many of you feel like you're going through hell right now? I'm telling you right now, you just hold on. We serve a God of the double blessing. The triple, quadruple blessing. I know right now you can't see it. I know right now you don't feel it. But if you will just hold on, you're going to cross that finish line. And it's time for us to arise and take our place in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you right now, we are getting so close to the, to the end. Satan is angry. Evil spirits are, are given their last push, their last hurrah toward the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. How many of you know if you're, if you're getting attacked like this, you're doing something right. You, I'm telling you, hold on for the ride. Hold on for the ride. It's going to be all right. And you're going to see daylight at the end of that dark tunnel you're going through right now. We need to take hold of Romans 8.28. Turn there with me. I just felt like today I need to exhort someone today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. In the midst of that storm, keep loving God. Don't let go. Keep loving Him. He's not your problem. He's your helper. Oh, someone needs to hear that. He's not your problem. He's your helper. He's your heavenly Father. Oh, hallelujah. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Let me ask you this. Whose purpose are you trying to live out? Your own or God's purpose for you? My, my, my. We have to take hold of this. There is nothing that in this life Nothing that the enemy can throw at us that God cannot turn around and make you victorious out of it. That don't mean God caused that hardship. That don't mean God put that thing in your body. Are you hearing me? 
But I'll tell you what, he will turn that thing around and he will be glorified out of it. And you will come out victoriously. Just hold on to him. Hold on to him. Go to Proverbs 24, 16. <laughs> Someone wants to get up and run around this place. Go ahead. Bro, Proverbs 24, 16. Hallelujah. I am tired of seeing what Satan is trying to do to the body of Christ. And, and the body of Christ letting him. I said they're letting him do this junk. They're letting him keep them down. you got to have the attitude of Mike and say, I will arise. I shall arise. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, 16 says this. For a righteous man or righteous person may fall seven times and rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Oh, so you feel like you're falling today? You feel like you did something stupid? You feel like you're in the pit? Arise! Yes, sir. Get up! Don't stay down! Go to, go to Psalm 37. Hallelujah. Psalm 37. Hallelujah. The fact of the matter is this. God has not given up on you. That's right. If you still got breath in your lungs, it's not too late. Oh, you just hold on to him. Amen. Hold on to the hope of the word of God. Uh, Psalm 37, 1 through 2 says this. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, I want to give you six keys that will help you to get back up and show you how to be victorious. Maybe there's something here. I believe in one of these six keys that I'm going to share with you. This might be one of your problems that are keeping you down. All right? Number one, just read it. Do not be envious of evildoers. How many of you have seen Christians before who they see someone who has a, a, a lot of money and all this, and you know they're getting it, I mean... They're unsaved and all this. But this person is envious of this individual. Well, the Bible says, don't be envious of evildoers. And really, when you become envious of an evildoer, of, of a sinner or someone who's not doing things by righteous means, this happens when you, the Christian, become in a backslidden state. And you're allowing your fleshly desires, your fleshly and carnal mind rule you. Instead of your spirit man. And I'm going to go into this more in a moment. But spiritually speaking, that is so shallow of a mindset. Being envious of evildoers. Listen, because if you're walking in the spirit as a Christian, you would realize that sinners are on the road to hell for eternity without Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what earthly riches they have. Are you hearing me, somebody? The Word of God says this, What doth it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? Let's get things in proper perspective here as Christians today. Amen? And if you choose to constantly envy evildoers because of their riches, their material possessions, I guarantee you, you will not arise. You will always stay at ground level in your walk with the Lord. I guarantee you. I want to show you something. Go to Psalm 73 real quick here. Psalm 73. Powerful scripture about this truth here. 
Psalm 73, verse 3, I want to look at here. The psalmist had the same problem. He says this in verse 3 of Psalm 73. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, the, the psalmist was envious. All right, so he, you could say this: He wasn't seeing too straight. He, his vision, his spiritual vision, was a little foggy. All right, are you hearing me, somebody? Yes, sir. But look at verses seventeen through nineteen of Psalm seventy-three. Oh, I like this. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end, meaning the sinner. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. Listen, the spiritual vision became clearer when the psalmist got into the presence of God. Did you notice that? He said, when I went into the sanctuary of, the, of God, the sanctuary of the Lord, that's literally talking about into the presence of God. Some of you just need to close your bedroom door, turn the worship music on, and you just need to get in there and start praising and worshiping God. Because until you do that, your spiritual vision is going to be cloudy, it's going to be foggy, and you're going to simply look at things through worldly perspectives. Are you hearing me, somebody? You need to get in. And when the psalmist got into the presence of God, his spiritual vision became clear. And he said, oh, in a nutshell, I'm summarizing. He said, my goodness, what in the world was I envious about? These people are on a road to destruction. These people are on a road to hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? Look at Psalms, Psalm 37. Go back to 37. Psalm 37, verse 3. Oh, I love hearing those pages turning. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> A pastor likes that. It's good to get into the Word of God. Amen? Psalm 37 verse 3 says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. The next key to be able to arise, you need to trust in the Lord and you need to do good. I want you to notice something here, that you can't have one without the other. Oh, did someone catch that? It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Why? Because the Bible says, faith without works is what? It's dead. It's dead faith. All right? Now, look at verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. The next key, obviously, to be able to arise out of the pit you're in, you have to learn to delight yourself in the Lord. It don't matter. Come on, somebody. It don't matter what the natural circumstances say. We, this is a spiritual discipline. I'm not saying it's easy, but it can be done. And if you will delight yourself in the Lord, I guarantee you, you will find yourself rising up spiritually. Delighting yourself in the Lord means you're delighting in His Word. You're delighting in the promises that God has given you and I in the Word of the living God. Listen, for us as Christians, the Word of God must be, say must be, must be. 
a living reality to be able to rise after a fall. It's got to become real on the inside of you. And how many of you, don't look at me like that, you know what I'm talking about. You read a promise in the Bible and you've read it so many times that you just become numb to it sometimes. How many of you are here and alive today and breathing? It's got to become spiritual reality. Amen? And that can only happen as you continue to feed on the Word of God. Get into His presence. Remember this, the Bible is a personal love letter to you from God. A personal love letter to you from God. I like that. Now I'm going to have you do something weird. I'm going to have you jump down further on Psalm 37. Go to 23 and 24. Hallelujah. It says this, the steps of a good man, the steps of a good man, the steps of a good person, the steps of a good person, the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. If you are allowing your steps to be ordered by the Lord, Directed by the Word of God. Directed by the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you right now, how do I know if I'm led by the Holy Ghost? You'll be a doer of the Word. Because you can't separate the Holy Ghost from the Word of God. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to lead you. He's going to quicken scriptures to you. Are you hearing me? But I want you to notice it goes on to say that the hand of the Lord will hold you up. I don't know if you know it or not, but his hand is under you. For him to hold you up, it's got to be under you. His hand is under you, somebody. And there is a joy in knowing that your steps are ordered by the Lord. Because you know if your steps are ordered by the Lord, listen to me. He wants to take you out of that pit. You feel like you're in a maze right now. You feel like you're lost. But I'm telling you right now, he's the one who's, who's true. He wants to get you out of that thing. He's trying to bring you out. He doesn't want to keep you down. He doesn't want to keep you in this thing. He's trying to get you out of it. Yes, Are you hearing me? Right. Some of you might not believe that, but try reading the Bible. You'll find out he's trying to get you out of it. Yes, no devil can take your joy away unless you allow your flesh to dominate you. And in that case, if you're allowing your flesh man to dominate you all the time, guess what? You're willingly giving it away. You're giving your joy. You're just giving up. But true joy, anyways, is not based on circumstances. Oh, someone gave me uh, $40,000. Oh, I'm, I'm happy. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I'd be happy about that. Don't get me wrong, all right? But what I'm saying is true biblical joy is based on what the Word says. Are you hearing me? And even in the midst of that trial, that circumstance, even with that thing in your body, I'm telling you right now, you can still have joy. Why? First of all, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you can have joy knowing that God is right there with you. And He's trying to get you out of this thing. Amen? And the fact of the matter is, if you don't find joy or delight in serving God, you don't find joy in, in reading His Word, hearing His Word. I guarantee you, you won't arise. But you will live a defeated 
and miserable Christian life on this earth. Now, back up with me, Psalm 37, verses 5 through 6. Hallelujah. Now, it says this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. What is the it in your life? What do you need God to bring you to pass? You need Him to take you out of depression? You need to take Him out of, take you out of poverty? Huh? What is it? He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as, as the new di- noonday. You feel like you've been cheated in life? You feel like someone wronged you? Don't worry. God will take care of you. You just stay close to Him. Are you hearing me? But the next thing is how to arise. Commit your way unto the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord and trust also in Him. Listen. Settle it in your heart. Settle it in your heart before your feet hit the ground in the morning. That everything you think, say, and do is going to bring glory to the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. And that takes discipline and an on-purpose effort. I, I, I don't know if you found this out or not, but you just don't live the Christian life on accident. I found out it takes an act of my will to do the right thing. It takes an act of my will to commit my ways unto the Lord. Everything in the Christian life must be done on purpose. And again, if you're going to do it on purpose, here it comes back to this again, you've got to control your thought life. You've got to control your thought life. You've, you've got to. All right? Faith is required to arise. Faith is required to arise. Even the faith of a mustard seed. But i got to say this. Even the faith of a mustard seed does not have doubt in it. Someone here. Are you hearing me? The faith, because someone, you know, a lot of people always say, well, the faith of a mustard seed. And, and they think, well, I can still have double-mindedness. I can still talk all this negative talk and still come out of this pit. No, no, no. The faith of a mustard seed still is unpolluted from doubt. See, the Bible talks of different levels of faith. It talks about faith of a mustard seed. It talks about uh, strong faith. It talks about no faith. Are you hearing me? Just hold on. Hold on in the midst of the storms of of life. Commit your way to God and trust that He's going to do His part and take care of you in the midst of this storm. And listen, what does this mean also? Commit your way unto Him. Living an on-purpose Christian life. Listen to this. Be a doer of the word even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. That takes commitment, doesn't it? When your natural mind is saying, dummy, you can't tithe. Uh, oh, oh, I know, I know. Okay, here we go. That bounced back at me. Let me say it again. All right, all right. Even when your mind is saying, dummy, you can't give to the Lord. You can't give tithes and offerings. You broke. We all have something to give. Amen? You make a dime in one week, you give a penny to the Lord. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
See, I'm telling you right now, commit your way unto the Lord and trust in Him. Commit your ways unto the Lord, even if it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. And then trust in Him. It says, hey, you know what? Even if everything in the natural says not, you just be a doer of the Word. And guess what? You do your part, God's going to do His part. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, 7 says this, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Oh, that word patiently. Oh, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Yeah, but I got to lie. I got to cheat to make money just to make it through. No, you don't. You faithless thing, you. Oh, come on, somebody. The next point to be able to arise is you need to learn to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. You do what you can do in the natural. And then you need to rest in the Lord. And sometimes all you can do is stand. But that's okay. You do everything you can do. And listen to me. If you are supposed to do something more than that, I guarantee you the Holy Ghost will reveal the next step to you. He's not out to leave you to hang, to hang out to dry. Are you hearing me? Go to Isaiah 40. Hallelujah for the Word of God. What would we do without the Word of God? Look at the mess the body of Christ is in with the Word of God. <laughs> Oh, that's just a little pastoral joke. Don't worry. All right. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 I want to look at. Oh, I like this. Listen to this. Hey, we got to learn to feed on the Word. Draw strength from what this says. Ready for this? He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Do you feel like you're at your wit's end? Guess what? You're in a great place because that's when the Holy Ghost kicks in. You know why for the most part? Because people take their hands off the wheel and let the Holy Ghost drive at that point in their life. Amen. All right. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I feel the Holy Ghost just reading that. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, hallelujah. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You need to wait. You need to allow God to work on your behalf. Here's the problem. Many people, when they're in the pit, they don't feel like God's doing anything. Well, I, last I read, we serve a God that doesn't sleep nor slumbers. He's always on time. He's always awake. That's why Jesus said this, worrying adds nothing to your life. Say nothing. Allow God to work on your behalf. I guarantee you, you're staying close to Him. You're doing what you need to do. Oh yeah, He's working. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, His holy angels are on assignment for you. 
for you and for you. You might not see him, you might not feel him, that's all right. But you, that's where faith kicks in. You believe what you don't see. You believe the promises in the word of the living God. You believe when you act on the word, God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen? Allow God to work on your behalf. Because he is your source. Your ever, ever present help in trouble. And in the waiting, in the waiting room of life, your strength will come. And the, the fact of the matter is this. What are you doing in the waiting? What are you doing in the waiting room of life? Are you doing everything you can do to draw closer to the God, to draw closer to God? Or are you cursing Him? Oh, come on, somebody. Don't look at me like that. We've all done it when we're impatient. We're in the waiting room of life. And God, where are you? Are you even there? Oh, yeah, he's there. But I want to encourage everyone, if you're in, this, in a trial, you're in the waiting room of life right now, do everything you can do to draw close to him. And strength will come. We enter into the rest of God by believing His Word, believing His promises. Believing, like I said, that He's working on your behalf. And, you know, so this waiting thing, to wait patiently for Him. It's, it's not a wondering if He's going to turn it around. It's an, it's, it's an expect, expectation. This patient, patience in the Word of God. This hope that the Word of God talks about. It's not a worldly hope. It's not, well, I just hope God does it. No, it's, a, it's an expectation. It's a knowing. It's being radical enough to believe that God loves you. Are you hearing me? Go back to Psalm 37. As I'm getting close to the end now. Psalm 37. And my last point. How to arise. Psalm 37 verse 8. Cease from anger. And forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. We need to cease from anger forsake wrath the bible does say now all anger is not wrong the bible there is a righteous anger the bible does say be angry and sin not so anger is not sin it's how you handle that anger are you hearing me what are you doing when that i mean what are you doing with that thing all right but if you're holding on to anger bitterness unforgiveness from the past i guarantee you you will be hindered from rising up and being victorious let it go. You can't change the past, but you can do something about your present and about your future. Are you hearing me? And those negative emotions are only keeping you in bondage, not the person that's wronged you. They don't care. Are you hearing me? That unforgiveness, that bitterness that you're holding toward that individual, it's, it's, it's hurting you. Say, it only hurts me. 
we need to depart from our own wisdom, all right? We need to allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow from our life. And someone needs to be set free from this point today. You're holding on to anger and bitterness. And it's fueling things in your life that are keeping you down. All right? You need to let it go. Well, pastor, I wasted so much time. You're right, and I'm ready to let it go, but I wasted so much time. Listen to me, the Bible says that God can redeem the time. You know Smith Wigglesworth? How many of you know who he is? Power, he was a powerful man of God, operating in miracle signs and wonders. God used him tremendously. You know, he didn't get saved till he was in his, I, I believe it was mid to late 50s. And this guy shook the world for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, God can redeem the time. But he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to take that step toward him. Saints, listen to me. It's time for us to get up and continue to run the race that is set before us. If you see a brother and sister who's down, you need to go into their life and you need to help pick them up. You need to help restore them. Are you hearing me? And as the prophet uh, Micah did, we need to start looking up. Get our eyes off our circumstances and get your eyes on God. Eyes on His written word. Because victory is our portion. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in us than any devil in hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? And God is admonishing us here at RCC, the body of Christ around the world, to get up. Victory is ours in the name of Jesus. Don't let go. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Are you hearing me? And today, you and I, we need to confess, I shall arise like an eagle on the wind of the Holy Ghost. If you agree with that, stand up with me this morning. Hallelujah. I'm tired of what Satan is doing. I'm tired of what evil spirits are doing to the body of Christ, to our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Now maybe you're in this place never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Frankly, to put it bluntly, you're a punching bag for Satan. You're a puppet on a string for him. You think you're doing your own thing? You're sorely mistaken. You're just going with the flow of the world system and the master of that world system in which we live, the evil world system, is Satan. Satan is your daddy. Now, today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you need to because you are not promised another minute. You're not promised another second on this earth. You're a child of the devil. And today, you can enter into God's family. You can have that peace of knowing that when you take your last breath, you're going to glory, heaven for eternity. And you can be a partaker of this new and better covenant through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Maybe there's someone in here you need to rededicate your life to the Lord.
You said, well, Pastor, I said the sinner's prayer t 10, 20 years ago. But frankly, if you were to drop dead right now, you, you don't even know if you'd go to heaven. That's too big of a risk to take. Rededicate your life to the Lord right now. If that's you, I want you to come forward. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's a Bible experience. It's a Bible experience. It's a Bible experience. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I'll be right with you. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you today. Maybe you need a physical healing. Maybe you need an emotional healing. And guess what? I'm going to open up for this. If you are one that I preached to today and you're in the pit, I want you to come forward. Just line up over here. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to pray over you today.
So right now, stretch your hands toward that camera. In the name of Jesus, right now, we loose the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon that individual right now. Lord, let your glory fill that room where that minister is at. And I command that sickness, that infirmity, those devils to leave that body, leave that room, leave that home. In Jesus' mighty name, that this minister would be would continue to work for you and advance the kingdom of the living God. And everyone said? All right, now we pray for Penny Ritchie. Penny, uh, down, Ritchie down in Kentucky, she has cancer. So in the name of Jesus, I command every cancer cell to die and dissolve in Jesus' name and new and healthy cells to be formed in the authority in the name of Jesus that cancers from the pits of hell we command it to go in Jesus mighty name right now and healing to flow through Penny we speak life to her we renounce every curse that any doctor has spoken over her any death sentence we rebuke those word curses and we lose life to Penny now Lord fill her with your Holy Ghost right now and healing and for my cousin Gabby in New Jersey be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. We command that cancer to go. We command that cancer to go. And that most of all, that you would know the Lord with all your heart and His plan and purpose for you. He has long life for you. So we command every bit of cancer to go right now in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Woo, God is good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, real quickly, those of you watching online, November 22nd, those of you here.